brand new episode of From the Honeycomb. I am your host, Katerina Burianova, and I have a very special guest here today with me. She is my childhood hero. She is an accomplished author with three books, accomplished business owner, businesswoman, world traveler, health coach, but the most important title, my mom. So welcome, Katerina, my mom. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited about doing this. I'm very excited to have you. And so with each episode, we begin by saying something we're grateful for. So Mm -hmm. what are you grateful for in this moment? In this moment, I'm grateful for being here with you. It's special for us because we live apart now. So just to be with you. And I would have to say I'm definitely grateful too right now, especially with COVID still kind of going up um, and the cases going up and being able to travel again and see family. That is definitely something very grateful for. We were able to have some family celebrations during your trip here Mm -hmm. and just being able to get back to normal life. Definitely very grateful for that. Mm -hmm. For sure. It's the most important thing. I've asked you to come on the podcast is you have a very special background in creating homes and what I mean by that is you immigrated with us you and I when I was five years old from the Czech Republic to Colorado in the United States and that journey you really created a home for us in a new country a new culture how was that how did you prepare for that trip Well, that's a good question. It's a long time ago. So I have to dig in my memory and think about it. But I was very worried, especially about you, because you were only four years old. And you loved your home and you had a little pet, little bunny. So I was like, can I do that? Can I create this in a new country, a new place? And the thing was that we were leaving good home. I mean, we were not leaving bad place or war place. It was a good home and we were going to good home. So I kind of wanted to establish something similar in new culture. My English was very poor, so I didn't know how I will do with that. You had no English. So what I did, the first step, I went to your pediatrician back in Europe and asked her what to do so you don't have any psychological damage from this and you don't have any trauma from going to different culture. And also remember back then, there was no internet, so we couldn't go online and contact grandpa and grandpa back at home. We couldn't do any of that. There was not even, email was just starting, phone calls were super expensive. So there was no really connection like it is now. Airfare was very expensive as well. So when once you left your country, you really left at least for some time. So I went to talk to this pediatrician and was asking her about these things. And she looked at me and she said, here it is. This is how it is with children. If the parent is okay, the child is okay. So you focus on you and she will be fine. And that was for me, I was very young and it was for me like, wow, this is exactly what they tell you on airplane, right? You take care of yourself first and then you can take care of others. So that was the first thing I learned that first I have to be okay. But the second thing she told me, she said, but if you want to bring peace of your home with you, bring her box of toys, her favorite toys, doesn't have to be anything, something familiar, doesn't have to be anything big, just something she likes the most, all these little 
memories. And so there will be peace of her world in the new place. So that's what we did. And I did exactly what she said. And then we went on a big journey. And then you were super great. It was a long flight that day from Europe because it was in winter, January, super, super cold. Every airport had problems with snowstorms. But we finally got to our destination was Colorado. And when we got there, beautiful room and everything was waiting for you. So the family in Colorado really pulled together, got your favorite Pocahontas room together. And you got all secondhand clothes from your cousins. And yeah, so, so your closet was full. And so it was very nice. Welcome. And I thought, okay, we, we can do this here. We can do that. Was I surprised to see my toys or how did... The toys didn't come. They came a little bit later, about three, four weeks later, because they were going by snail mail. And no, you just... Little kids, especially four-year-old, I think anything you present them, it's sort of normal. Like, of course the toys are here. <laughs> Why shouldn't they, right? That was not really a surprise. You know, I told you we are here. Let me know if you like it. And the first thing also what a doctor told me, she said, get her between children of her age. So we signed you for preschool about, I think first it was like two days a week, then three days a week. The teacher was amazing, Boulder, Colorado. And the preschool was Jack and Jill. And she told me, don't worry about her. Doesn't matter. She doesn't speak any English. Kids just are great. They learn fast. And I told you, and you told me, you know, what do I do if I don't understand them? I said, just do what the other kids do as long as it makes sense. If they start jumping out a window, <laughs> don't do that. But if they are start coloring sunshine or coloring, you know, house, do the same thing. Just don't do, you know, just continue with that and look what the other kids are doing around you. And you were doing fine. And within three weeks, a month, you start communicating in English. And within three months, you were chatterbox. They called you chatterbox. <laughs> And so we have a podcast now. So, yeah. Good. And so then we lived in Colorado for a few months. No, we were almost a year almost living year, in Colorado. Almost a year mm-hmm. before we moved to New Hampshire. And so within that year, how did you make that home yours as well? Because you were not only moving into another country, but you were moving in with someone else. Mm-hmm. So how... And you couldn't bring your own furniture, your own... Did you bring any decorations with you? Anything to bring? No. Any photos of family? I don't think so. No, I think I brought you, which was most important. (laughs) And I brought one suitcase for each of us. And that was pretty much it. And I thought I will buy everything there. And then we left. I got rid of everything back in the Czech Republic. I give everything to my friends and family. But I also left some things behind with my parents because I knew we would be coming back so I can use it there. So, But I didn't bring any pictures or any anything like that that came later like I would bring it you know over the years because I didn't know where we will be living how big it will be any nothing but my new husband your stepdad was great he got a little bit bigger apartment because he used to live in very small studio as Mm -hmm. a single man yeah so before we came he and grandpa got a new apartment for like a family you know two bedroom got it together got all everything was secondhand Secondhand furniture, second, but it was fine. Everything was functional. I mean, we were very young, very young family, so that's wasn't how it is. It, wasn't his bed on bricks? Yeah, <laughs> his bed was on bricks because that's how he was used to it from college, just to not to make a big deal out of it. I guess guys are like that. It's just no big deal. 
So for me, that was a shock because I had everything kind of new back at home. And then when I got to America, I said, oh my, nobody can know that I'm in America and I'm sleeping on a bed that is supported by bricks. (laughs) That was just really bad. Soon after that, we bought a new bed and yeah, but we had all that second, but how I created the home, that was a good question because I really felt you don't have anything. Everything is new, but the things don't really matter that much. It's the people and what I discovered that it was the culture, that the one number one thing I missed the most was the language because when you lose your language, you lose yourself. You lose huge part of yourself. And if you don't know the new language well yet, you don't know how to express yourself. And if you are a certain personality in your language, let's say I was a joke teller and you are not able to say the same jokes or people don't expect you the same. I mean, you cannot tell the same jokes because it's a different mentality. So people might not laugh. So you have to basically reinvent and rediscover yourself. So with that... You really, when you move to different country and different culture, and I think the more different it is, the more you find out who you are. And that's what people say when they travel, right? They travel, they think they will go and they will find new places. But what they really discover, they find who they are. Mm-hmm. And it's same with the moving to different country, even more so. So you really find out who you are because you are presented with things that you would never, ever be presented back at home new challenges. And that includes your culture, who you are as a person, what are you bringing with you from your home? And with that, you start creating your new home. So for me, rituals and traditions were very important. So I knew we will celebrate. I think your birthdays were coming next. That was like, we came in January and beginning of March, that was your birthday. So I knew we will celebrate it the way we always celebrate it in Czech. As well, you know, we will include the American things like balloons and some music. So we start, what I start doing, basically, I kept the things I knew from home, my culture, basically my roots, the things I grew up with and you were born into. But I start adding also the American culture. For one, we liked it. Two, that was our new home. And three, that was our family. That was our new family. And also I had some relatives there before, right? So that was something and it was very successful. I really liked it. You liked it. Everybody liked it. So I said, okay, from now on, I will be doing everything this way. I will always, we will always have the Czech way and the American way. And if you remember, we always had Christmas, the Czech way, at Christmas Eve. And that's Christmas Eve on 24th. That's the Czech Christmas celebrations, and then on 25th, including the food and all the tradition, we did American Christmas and Santa Claus and all that. So with that, your life becomes very rich because you are, and if you have more cultures in family, then include another culture, your life becomes just so rich. So embrace where you came from and what you know, and based on, you know, built on that, and then That's what makes it, I think, wonderful. And that's how you create new home. It doesn't really matter, I would say, like I said, the material things don't matter. It really matters what's in you, what you bring with you, inside you. And that's what you discover. I would never find out these things at home because that was just how it was. But in the new country, you really find out, okay, what do I miss? What do I want to do? And I learned cooking. Because I never had to cook like traditional 
food or bake cookies for Christmas back at home. My mom provided that, you know, other grandmas provided that. Some friends, you can buy it at store. In America, I had to learn it. <laughs> if I wanted to have it, I had to learn how to make it. So you actually become even more attached with your original culture or you get to know it better than if you stay back at home. Yeah. So then fast forwarding now, many years forward, you moved from the United States to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And how was that culture move and that, you know, how did you kind of become grounded moving to the Caribbean where that's a mix of all sorts of cultures? That's how was that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I knew I was already a lot Americanized because there was about almost 20 years after I live in America. And I loved American culture. It really suits me. I love the people. I was very lucky. You were lucky. We were lucky. People were very nice to us. America was good to us. So I knew I don't want to go to country where I have to learn another language. I didn't want that. I wanted to stay in a country that had English, although the English in the Caribbean is very distinguished and has its own accent and all that. So I knew that. I knew I want to have island that I don't have to learn another language. And it's kind of friendly to Americans because I was tired of countries who don't like America or don't talk nicely about America. I didn't want to go to these cultures and trying to tell them every country has something. But that's my home country. And I don't like when somebody criticizes my homes. <laughs> so... Uh -huh. It's interesting you said that you didn't want to learn another language moving to another country. Mm -hmm. And previously you had said if you, when you moved to America and there was no language, you felt like you lost a part of yourself. Yeah. So learning another language, would that have just kind of changed your personality, how you would have been able to communicate with people once you got to the new country? Because it would have been kind of a similar situation where the languages are different again. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going there to have a business. And that would be like not having the language, the local language. It's a setback. It like slowed me down. The first situation, I was a little bit different. I was basically coming to new country, creating my new home and establishing my new home and becoming one of those people in the country, one of the citizens. But in the other place, I was not planning to stay there forever. I was going there to start my business and to learn another language, for one, pure, simple answer is I was lazy. Lazy to learn another language. And two, although it would, again, enrich my life and it's great and everything. And two, I just simply, you know, didn't have time for it. Because when you are starting, and I had to understand. And also all the technology and everything which I needed for my business was in English. And I couldn't imagine to learn that in another language or getting computer in another language and, and things like that. I already had enough of the two languages, so I couldn't imagine to be living every day one more language. Because, yeah, and there is on the island, like main language is, of course, English, but then there's our first language, which is Creole. And I actually... This is embarrassing, but I never learned Creole just because of simple because of time. Like once you are there for something, you just and and also motivation. If you don't have a motivation, you just don't learn it. But a great question. I no, I didn't want to hassle with that. Basically, it's honest. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. I'm in the same boat. I've, I've <laughs> only moved somewhere. I've only ever thought of Australia or New Zealand would be yeah. my next. And I wanted to understand the people. And since I went through so much work. 
with the English and with, you know, learning the American culture, I wanted to also be in country. I find like when you get older, when you are young, everything is for the first time and you don't mind or I didn't mind going through some uncomfortable things. When you get older, you don't want to do that again, either because you are too lazy or comfortable or you just are like, okay, I've done that, been there. I don't want to do that again. And that was my case. So I chose Ireland that had English and also was connected with the culture a little bit to America. For example, you could reach their American TV. So there was CNN news. So I was kind of one foot still in the United States. So I knew what's happening politically, which is also important for the business because all that was influencing our business. So I had to know because most of our clients were from United States and that made it easier for me to be connected this way. Yeah. Some people would prefer not to be connected at all, which is totally fine. This was my case. Let's, we should tell the listeners why you moved to the Caribbean was to start a bed and breakfast. That's the mm-hmm. business. And so tell us a little bit about starting a bed and breakfast in another country and especially dealing with everybody's personalities and nationalities that come in and how you also, because the Airbnb was very, you could feel like you were in the Caribbean and for, well, for me, it also felt home because you were there. As you said, the people make the home. But creating a place where if other people come to from different cultures and you're not from that country, how was it? You know, I know you, you would shop at the local stores, the decorations, but how did you kind of envision and decorate the bed and breakfast so that it had a sense of that Caribbean style without having known that you didn't grow up in this culture? Well, there's a lot of questions. <laughs> In this one one thing. Okay, so let's start from beginning. So your first question was, how was it to dealing with different cultures and mentalities, right? So I already, we can go a little bit back with that. So I was traveling for the last 20 years. I was not just jumping into Caribbean without not knowing other cultures. And I was studying cultures before. I was very interested in anthropology, studying different cultures, why people do certain things the way they do. And I love history because I believe all the answers, if you don't understand some nationalities, if you don't understand some people, look at into the history, why the country is like that, why the people there are doing certain things the way they do. And the history will tell you, it's just development. So I was going with that already into Caribbean because, and I was writing book about them. So I had to study even more or about this particular island. So I, I kind of knew what I would be dealing with. And I also knew that people in some ways who are very similar or same all around the world. And in some ways, which is cultural, we are very different. So once you know, or you at least are willing to learn what are our differences and what are our similarities, you can get along with pretty much anybody. So not just on this island, but anywhere around the world, I always had, for me, the convenience always was that I was a woman because immediately I was trusted by other women, children, old people, and pretty much anybody. Like, I think this is a great when women travel Because people don't suspect you like you will harm their kid or they put your kid on the laps and on the bus and they say, oh, could you hold this baby? Could you help me with that? So as a a woman, you already have little convenience. No matter what you do, that's just given. That's how people see you. And especially if you tell somebody, oh, I'm also mother and I have kids at home. Immediately, there's a connection between women in any culture. 
That's what we have similar. Relationships have people similar. Like there will be moms will feel the same things as mom, you know, on the other side of the world. Dads will feel the same thing. Husbands, wife, siblings. But culturally, we will deal with it differently or we will have different reactions. And so that's the differences. So with that, I came to the Caribbean. And of, of course, I also worked before in Europe. So I knew a little bit the mentality there was very different than in America when you work with people. And Caribbean has also a different mentality. But because the island is set around, the, which was in tourism, and it's around tourism, I knew my clients will be, you know, mostly from Europe or from United States. So that part was easy for me. Now, in regards of the workers on the island or the people I was going to hire, I had to find somebody who would be dependable, who would be, who I can trust basically, and who would help me with these things, like you said, with the decorations and with things. And I found people like that. So that was great. You had a great team. Yeah, I had a great team. I was just lucky. It was just pure luck because it, yeah, it doesn't happen all the time. So you have to have a good people on team. You cannot do things by yourself. And the other thing about the different nationalities is that no matter which country you are in, there will be always good people, bad people, smart people, not so smart people, honest people, dishonest people. So this is what you have to also in different culture orient yourself rather quickly because sometimes in different culture, it's there are different signs, how it looks. And you know it well from your home. You know, you walk around your neighborhood or your city and you know where the people, which each person belongs. Sometimes some personality traits are harder to detect. But in different cultures, it's a little bit harder. But with a little bit of experience, you can also like find out, okay, through interviews or something. So this person has this experience and this person is like that. So I don't really divide people on different nationalities or cultures or colors or anything like that, more on based on their character. And if you focus just on the character, then you will do fine. And there was a question I had about decorating, building that air uh -huh. that bed and breakfast. How did you make it? I mean, you did a really great job. I was so homey. With just oh, thank home, you. Also with just the decorations and... Remind me, was the furniture there? Did you have to buy the furniture? We used everything that was in the house. The house was overcrowded with furniture. Yeah. And then we selected certain furniture because, you know, it was a clutter. Mm -hmm. So we unclutter it, we repair, we paint it, we redesign it, and we used whatever we thought will be practical, you know, what people will like. It will have the Caribbean feel, but it will be also very easy to maintain and clean and usable for our clients, for our guests. But the main thing I think was, well, I I also ask you. I ask people around. I ask you because you have a you know, architecture background. And then I ask your sister who loves design. And she told me, don't be afraid of color, mother. <laughs> don't make it just white. Because I love white. And I like to do everything white and clean and And she said, you are in the Caribbean, so don't make everything white. And then, of course, my team and, and the people I work with, Lisa and Wendell, they would say, you know, let's go with some color. But I knew our guests will be from Europe and from the United States, so I didn't want to use too much color. I just wanted to have it nice and clean and decent. And, yeah, we achieved that, I think. 
did. And I know upstairs in the bed and breakfast, there was a blue room, green room, Mm -hmm. and the yellow room. Yes. Mm -hmm. And were those painted white before and you painted them yourself? They were painted, that was the thing, they were painted not white, they were painting like an off-white, but it was, because it was so cluttered, it was, there was a lot of like dust, so it created some maps on the wall, so it was kind of, it looked kind of dirty, and we knew we have to repaint it anyway, to refresh it and just to disinfect it. We went for the colors, they were very light, and then we said, okay, because what I had to do, and anybody who is starting business, first you have to do some research and who you are competing with. So when I search the other small boutique hotels or bed and breakfasts, they all had rooms named by fruit, mango, you know, coconut, banana. And I didn't want that because I was like, okay, if everybody has it on the island, this is our, you know, mango sweet and... I don't know, guava, sweet. So I didn't want to do that. I want to be different. I said, okay, what's simple and easy to remember for people? And still, you don't want to do numbers, one, two, three, four, but you want to do something that. So we did the colors and it worked really well with people and we did the basic colors. So that's how it ended basically that each room, because we didn't know if we will paint it. But then as it got, as it went and I started thinking about the names for the rooms, so it kind of developed as we were going with that. Oh, my favorite room was the yellow room. Yeah, I know. It was a great room. That was a great room. Yeah, it was a great room. Yeah, and with that, you ask about the local. So I decided when I was applying for the work permit, the first question they had in the office, if I'm going to employ only local people, local residents, St. Lucians, and I said, yeah, would it be a problem if I don't? And they said, well, we have very high unemployment. So we prefer if you, you know, it would be easier for you to get the work permit if you employ only St. Lucians. I said, I was planning that because on these islands live also, you know, other nationalities and from other islands and Jamaicans and from Barbados and other people. So I did. I promised them I will employ St. Lucians only and... When I promised that I will be employing only the locals, I was thinking, okay, I should only shop in local stores as well. And everybody was bringing things from America, and which took, for one, it takes a long time and it costs extra money. I said, why? I don't just buy it here. That will support a local store. That will give work to the local people. If somebody has to bring it or deliver it, they will give them job. So I start creating from the one job, another job, another job, another job, and it actually worked out. Yeah, sometimes it was a little bit hard because you had to, you know, they don't have certain things or the selection is limited. But I felt good because we only shop local. And even if they brought it from somewhere, or if the people, sometimes people made it. Some things people made for us, you know, like we had some things that people would make, like especially the art things or the holders for the keys. I had it done. Yeah, the guests. Guests would make the pieces of art and the... Well, that was the later decorations in the... But for the hotel itself, let's say the keychains, we would have done by the local artists and they were doing the curvings in it. Yeah, so we always... I mean, it was a very creative process because... You had me smuggle in a waffle maker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That too. 
I Waffle had, maker, yeah. Yeah, I had to bring in a suitcase. They didn't have that there, yeah. so we had to... Where I got take. stopped at customs, and the customs officer did not want to have me go through. He thought it was brand new, and it's... Is it 100% tax on new electronics? I don't remember. Something high, and I didn't want to pay for it, so I told him I really like waffles, and I should have the right to make waffles on my <laughs> vacation. And that's how I got the... I brought you a frying pan, too, once. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, those. But yeah, well, here and there, some you have to bring things. I, I also brought things from Europe, like the curtains, because yeah. I wanted to have the lace in the window, so that give it kind of the Euro, a kind of. I don't know if what style we were going for, but I didn't want to go too far from the Caribbean, of course. But at the same time, you know, the furniture was new, like basically like a modern, so. I used, you bought me the book, the Caribbean, the, Caribbean yeah, that was the, I think it was the West Indies mm-hmm. style, which is really beautiful. And from that, I really, from this book, that was like my Bible. I would carry it everywhere all the time. And I got a lot of inspiration from there. And so that's, that's even the colors where we got, you know, the yellow and, and blue, because that's the colors of the Caribbean. It's yeah. funny that you mentioned curtains because the curtains in the room we're recording right now are from St. Lucia. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so my curtains are also from St. Lucia because they just had this different style look that I just couldn't find when I was living in Chicago. And I still have them and, and they're up in, in here. Well, because Caribbean is such a great mix of cultures. Mm-hmm. Basically, when you look at the history Everybody and everyone went through the Caribbean. It was the you know main route between Europe, South America, North America, and the cultures mixed there. And even if you think about, I mean, Caribbean is such a place full of such a juicy stories and great adventures. You know, you got the pirates, and then you got the Brits, and then you got the French, and then you got the Spaniards, and then you got the new country like America and, and Columbus. And all these people who came there first, and then you got the local people, the Aravaks and the Caribs, and of course the natives. And then you, with, you know, 19th century came the Indians from East India, which is very important to differentiate that they are from East India and they now live in West Indies. So, and your curtains are very much the West Indian style because they are sort of Indian, that there's definitely influence with that, with the shiny fabric and everything, but it has the Caribbean feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, and on specifically St. Lucia was seven times French and eight times British. Mm, right. You got there people from, of course, you got, they brought people, slaves from Africa there. And then you got the Aravaks that were originals and then the natives of the island. And then you got later the Eastern Indians coming in and everybody left something behind and all this, not just food. I would say food is always the number one. And then of course the decor and other cultural things. So Caribbean is very, very colorful. Some islands don't have it that much because on some islands uh, like Barbados, the Brits, British were there since beginning. The mix is not so vehement. You cannot see it that much. But some islands like St. Lucia or St. Kitts or Virgin Islands, they had a lot of different people coming through who stayed there for a while and definitely influenced the culture. Absolutely. 
And so looking back on all the homes that you lived in, the houses, try to exclude memories and all that from, which house would you say is your favorite that you've lived in? That you're just like, oh, that would be fun to kind of go back and live there, like to spend the night tonight. Where would you have gone back? I don't go much back in my memory, but my favorite house is always the house I live in at the moment. (laughs) Yes. So whatever house I'm in, that's my favorite house. Uh huh. Yeah. But I love going back. I loved all my houses and each had a like magic some. And of course they were in some ways similar. My friends who visited family, they always say it has similar feel, very homey and very clean and organized. I like that. Something was similar, but of course they were different because they were in different countries and different. And you didn't even see our apartment in Sydney, Australia. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that was, I was not part of that trip, but yeah. That was a beautiful place, too. Yeah, I heard that, too. So, well, thank you so much for coming on. All right, and we're back. So what would you like to leave our listeners with today? I would leave with one thing that for anybody who's listening and thinking about going places and maybe living in different countries and is really interested in this. And I think it's really fantastic because what it does to you, it really allows you to be yourself, the person who you are, who are you are meant to be or you want to be. Why? Because there's no really any restrictions on you like you have sometimes at home. When we're, we stay at home or when we are at home, For one, we are creatures of habit. So we do some things in habit, which that has to change when you move to different places. You have to change certain habits to adjust to the new place. That's one. Two, there's something that the local society or the circle that you are in, whether it's family or friends or your work, expects something from you. And the third thing is definitely the cultural thing. When you remove yourself from that and go to different place and different country and have to basically start from scratch and prove yourself who you are, you can recreate yourself and be yourself. So with that, for example, I mean, and it's not really weird to anybody because when you are in different place, what happened to me in America, when I did something that was not typically American, people would say, oh, that's okay. She's just, you know, from Europe. So that's how they do it there. And when I was in Europe and did something that was not typically European, people would say, oh, that's okay. You know, she lives in America, so she's doing these things differently. And it was not necessarily American thing or Czech thing. It was just me. I did it what I wanted to do, whether it was fashion or some food or some other things like creating or ideas. And because I was not set in certain culture that was dictating me what's wrong and what's right, I was allowed to be myself. And that was a biggest gift for me to live in different cultures, to discovering that. That's perfect. Great (laughs) answer. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to record. I know I kind of threw the podcast on you, but you did great. And really, I really enjoyed listening to you talk about just moving around the world. That was really special to hear, kind of look back on. So thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun.
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of From the Honeycomb. It would mean so much if you could rate and review. That way you can help get From the Honeycomb to more listeners. When you review the podcast, send a screenshot to honeycombblog at gmail.com. That's with two E's, honeycombblog. I'll leave a link in the show notes. And you'll receive a special meditation I recorded just for you, my listener. Thank you.